You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. We talk a lot on this show about failures of government in all parties and at all levels. And it's only natural. We cover news that impacts the lives of Canadians, and few things do that as often or with as much frustration as part of the system not working right. We also spend a lot of time here on housing. Whether that's affordability, availability, buying or renting, housing as an investment or housing as a human right. And again, it just makes sense. It's hard to imagine an issue of more importance to more Canadians than having a roof over their heads or being able to afford to keep it there. And in Ontario, right now, a failure of government is colliding head-on with one of the most important facets of Canadian life. And what's being done about it is... Well, you'll hear me use the term flabbergasted in this conversation because it's the most honest reaction I could think of. You see, we're used to government services sometimes being slow or being complicated or being less than hoped for or harder to access. But this is the story of a government service that right now is just not, just not. And meanwhile, people are losing money and homes. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Jack Howard is a reporter at QP Briefing. Hello, Jack. Hi, Jordan. Can you begin maybe by just telling us what the state of evictions are in Ontario? Last time we checked in on this, there were various levels of pandemic protections. Have those all now expired? They have. So Ontario paused evictions twice, uh, once in 2020 and once in 2021. Um, they encouraged uh, landlords and tenants to uh, to work together to find solutions uh, if any problems arose, but uh, those are gone now. And that uh, working together didn't really tend to happen. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> so what has that done? And I mean, both the pauses and the attempts to catch up afterwards to the landlord and tenant board, especially because, as you say, the working together part uh, didn't seem to work. Yeah, so the LTB has uh, huge delays. That can be up to a year for hearings. As for the cause of those delays, different people will say different things about how much effect the eviction moratorium had on that. The LTB has shifted to an online version, which some lawyers say has actually had a bigger impact than pausing evictions in the first place. How so? Well, I don't know if you've ever uh, attended an LTB hearing, but they're they're a mess. Can you describe one maybe for people who haven't? Sure. So sometimes they're in and out in a couple minutes. There was a big controversy about uh, eviction blitzes more so last year, but um, especially more recently, the hearings tend to take forever to figure out who everyone is on the call. About 60% of tenants are actually calling in by phone, while 70% of landlords are calling in by video. You know, if you're going in blind to a Zoom call, it takes a while to figure out everyone's voice. 
people have connection issues, people drop, sometimes people don't show up. Mm-hmm. It's it's just not a very smooth operation. You found uh, some stuff going on online. Why don't we begin? You can just describe the Facebook group where you found this story. Who's in it? What's it for? What do they discuss in there? Sure. So it's called Ontario Landlords, simple enough, and that's what it is. It's a huge group. There's over 33,000 people in it. Technically, it's a private group. I joined it. I didn't lie about anything. I didn't say I was a landlord. And I've just sort of been uh, watching it since. And uh, yeah, landlords gather there to talk about uh, issues they're having with tenants, strategies for evicting them. Some people have questions about whether something is illegal, whether they can do it. And uh, others, uh, definitely a minority, you know, are, are posting questions about whether they will get caught if they evict someone illegally. And that's where this story focuses. Maybe can you tell me about those illegal eviction questions? What are they trying to do and how? And maybe just, could you read us one of the posts? And I, I know you just stress they're in a minority, but this is happening on this group. And, and I think people would like to hear just sort of what it's like. Sure. So I'll read the, the post that, uh, that kicked this off. This is a, a realtor, by the way, who, who told me that she was um, asking this on behalf of someone else. Mm-hmm. So she, she wrote, does anyone know what the penalty is for a landlord to change the locks and deny access to an unpaying tenant from a property? I'm aware of the fact that it's illegal, but so is not paying your rent for one year after signing a contract. Please, no lessons on the LTB, just wondering what the penalty is. We are wondering if it's less than the year the tenant hasn't paid. So, you know, if the fine is less than what they would lose by continuing to host this unpaying tenant. And then she continues, if we all band together, we could clog up the system with whining unpaying tenants. So that sounds to a lay person, and I mean, not even to a lay person, because the word illegal is used uh, against regulations, to say the least. Yeah. So in this case, and in a few others, they're definitely aware that what they're doing is illegal, but they're either testing the waters or they don't care. They're planning to do this and just preparing to see what the what the penalties are. Before we get into how harmful this can be to tenants um, who are obviously at risk of just losing their homes here, I'm going to ask you to give us the landlord point of view. This seems obviously uh, like pretty indefensible behavior, but how do they see it? So a lot of landlords, or some landlords, I should say, see this as someone is living in my home And if the legal route to get them out of there isn't working, I should be able to do it myself. Another comment said that, uh, you know, if if someone was not paying rent in his unit, he would do everything I could to make their lives hell. Hmm. I'd leave an eviction order on their door every few days to embarrass them. I'd visit them at work to ask them for money, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there's there's a lot of frustration and uh, landlords are trying to figure out how to how to get around the system. How illegal is this behavior? And, you know, when we talk about an illegal eviction the way you just described it, what are we actually discussing in terms of, like, crime, according to the authorities? So the Ford government actually doubled fines for offenses under the RTA, the Residential Tenancies Act. So an individual landlord can be fined up to $50,000, and a corporation can be fined uh, up to $250,000 for violating the RTA, which includes illegal evictions. As well, the LTB, you know, when it actually works and when it actually gets to a decision, can order a landlord to pay up to 12 months rent for a bad faith eviction. 
Do we know the scale of what's happening in terms of these kind of evictions and who's affected and and how bad it's getting? No, not really. Okay. This is not something that uh, the ministry was willing to help me out with. <laughs> I asked for these numbers and and they did not give them to me. I'm not sure if they actually track them in, in any fulsome way. Mm-hmm. But what uh, what we do know is from community lawyers who represent tenants in these sorts of issues, anecdotally, it's, it's on the rise. What happens in that case when uh, an eviction like that has taken place? Um, somebody's being told to leave their home or they come home and, as you described, the locks are changed. What are their options? What can they do? Right. So the official route is uh, reporting it to the ministry, the Provincial Rental Housing Enforcement Unit. Practically, anyone who's had any interaction with that unit will tell you it's basically useless. Hmm. The NDP housing critic, uh, Jessica Bell, said that uh, you know even in extreme cases, like a, a landlord has assaulted a tenant, the unit will say, you know, we, we don't have the resources to respond to this. So, you know, you should tick that box if you're facing an illegal eviction, just in case. But um, don't sign anything is what lawyers will will tell you. Uh, don't agree to anything. And uh, your best bet may be to, um, to contact a community legal clinic. There's lots of free ones around. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the experts here. This is all they do. What can they do, though, if the LTB is backlogged and the ministry, um, as you say, you know, kind of says we don't have the resources? Right. Well, they can't, you know, force their way back into your unit for you. They can't rechange the locks. Yeah. Uh, they can represent you at the LTB. They can point you in the right direction as for the arguments that uh, that you need to make. And they can definitely get you a better chance of having a favorable LTB decision when that takes place as for getting you shelter uh, or other things like that in the short term. You know, I'm, I'm not sure there's... Uh, Definitely other community clinics and, and such that deal with that. But as far as the LTB goes, that's that's basically the option. What about for landlords um, that have non-paying tenants? And again, not to take the landlord's side, but some people are, um, you know, owning one extra property and trying to make some income off that and are not uh, the corporate landlords that that we've heard about. Right. So again, theoretically, the LTB is, that's what the LTB is for. There are also paralegals and lawyers who specifically focus on landlord issues. I think you're going to find fewer free or ultra cheap resources because, mm-hmm. you know, tenants in these situations tend to not have as much money as a landlord. But uh, again, the the official routes are pretty clogged up, and uh, your best bet would be to to reach out to a legal expert. Let's talk about the LTB now. We said it's backlogged. How backlogged is it? What are they focusing on? And do we have a timeline? Like, do we know when? Uh, I imagine there's got to be hundreds or thousands uh, of these cases before them when they'll be heard. There's no official timeline. The LTB has essentially given up on taking new regular cases for the rest of this calendar year. They're just focusing on previous cases and uh, above guideline rent increase applications, which usually are just uh, corporate landlords applying to raise rent by more than what is technically allowed each year because they've, you know, they, they say they've done improvements to the building that justify it. 
the provincial government has put $19 million into uh, trying to improve the LTB, hiring more adjudicators. We haven't really seen that pay off yet. Sometimes in an interview like this, I just end up kind of flabbergasted at the fact that there doesn't seem to be any recourse or any way to move this forward or any way. And and here I'm not even trying to side with landlords or side with tenants. It just seems like there appears to be no system here. Yeah, I mean, it is bad for everybody. Like the LTB, you can discuss whether it's biased one way or the other, but the fact that there is essentially no recourse for either side legally in Ontario right now is is a major problem. There's no way to evict a tenant that's not paying rent. And there's no way to get a decision about, um, you know, a landlord that's harassing you. So yeah, flabbergasted is a, is a good word. It's it's a strange limbo to be in. How does this play out on the ground? Um, you know, you've shared a couple examples from landlords in the group. What are tenants experiencing? And, and what happens in, you know, a, a big part of the economy when things just grind to a halt like this? Yeah, so each... Uh, situation is different. I mean, if you come home to change locks, you might have to stay with family. You might have to stay with friends. Like I said, you'll you'll tick the official boxes. You you know you'll make your application to the LTB, and then who knows when you'll see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's bleak out there, and rents, as everyone knows, are absolutely insane, basically everywhere. So finding a new place can be a, a real challenge. In the absence of rulings from the LTB, who wins? Does it favor landlords because they can just uh, do the stuff you're talking about? Does it favor tenants because there's no way to kick them out without doing anything illegal if they don't pay their rent? Like, I guess I'm trying to get a sense. And I know the power imbalance in general obviously favors landlords. But when you remove the enforcement from a system, what happens? So landlords would definitely say that, you know, in the absence of the LTB, tenants win because they don't have to pay rent. And uh they can just live rent-free wherever they want and nobody's going to kick them out. Realistically, you know, the the amount of quote-unquote professional tenants that are out there is really small. And the amount of people who are willing to break the law and engage in that amount of stress in their own home, uh, it, it just seems like not a way that anyone would want to live. So, I mean, the answer is that nobody wins when there's no official route to uh, to find an end to disputes between landlords and tenants. You mentioned, I guess, the NDP housing critic um, criticizing the government's performance. Is this on anyone's agenda? Like, it seems, and listen, I know lots of parts of uh, government uh, are still catching up from, from two years of problems, but like, this is about where people live. It seems like it should be more of a story. Seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, the... The government uh, didn't respond when I asked them about this. The provincial government has definitely been focusing on expanding housing, um, home ownership. That's uh, that's big on Premier Ford's agenda. Is everyone wants a white picket fence? You know, mm-hmm. whether that's uh, in Toronto or in the Green Belt. Renters, you know, I don't want to say they're nowhere on the government's agenda. Obviously, it's something that they think about, but. Uh, the response to this story, the response to uh, to other rental issues, it's um, it's not the highest on the on the priority list. And when we're talking about housing right now, obviously the big story is the green belt. But uh, generally, when we're talking about housing with this PC government, we're talking about home ownership. 
all those things, especially the green belt and new houses, seem years and years and years away. And this is happening right now. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, it's a big problem. And it's tough to see it getting better anytime soon. Maybe uh, maybe time will do it. Maybe the new adjudicators the LTV is hiring will you know, clear up the backlog sometime next year. Maybe it'll be in two years or more. But uh, it definitely can't keep continuing like this much longer. Jack, I don't know what to say. Thank you for explaining this. And thank you for shining a light uh, on what's going on here because um, I didn't know how bad it was. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's definitely been a ride and uh, <laughs> I'll keep looking into it. Jack Howen, writing for QP Briefing. That was The Big Story. For more, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. I meant it in the intro when I said we cover government failures and we cover housing a lot. There are tons of episodes there, probably none as ultimately frustrating as this one. I still don't know what to say about what we're seeing in Ontario right now. You can talk to The Big Story. We'd love to hear from you if you have had an issue with the LTB. I'd love to hear some firsthand stories. Maybe we'll share some right here. We're on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. We are reachable by email. Hello at TheBigStoryPodcast.ca. And of course, you can call us. Tell us your story. 416-935-5935. You can find The Big Story in every podcast player. And you can ask your smart speaker to play the Big Story podcast. And I checked, and 1.27% of our downloads come from people doing exactly that. So keep telling your Alexas, your Googles, and your series to hook us up. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.